Welcome to The Rate Debate, a lively discussion from the champions of Australian fixed income, featuring Darren Langer and Chris Rands from Nico Asset Management. Welcome to this special episode of The Rate Debate, and thanks for joining us. I'm Darren Langer, Senior Portfolio Manager at Nico Asset Management, and with me is my Co-Portfolio Manager, Chris Rands. Hi, Darren. I've got to say, these are some interesting times. Absolutely. Uh, and today is no exception. It's the 19th of March, and in response to the coronavirus epidemic, the RBA has just cash rate to 0.25% and announced a number of quantitative easing measures, such as yield curve targeting in the three-year bond, government and savvy government bond purchases across the curve to prevent dislocation in bond markets, as well as a three-year term funding facility for banks to lend to business. So Chris, my initial thoughts were that the market misread the intention of the package initially and savagely sold the longer end of the market before perhaps realising after a few minutes that they'd got it wrong and dragged everything back in, even though rates in the long end are still a bit wider than what they were before the announcement. Things are still a bit shaky. How, how are you feeling about the announcement? Yeah, so I think the first reading from the market got them a little bit offside with some of the wording that the RBA used, uh, which was the fact that the point in their statement said that they would target three-year Australian government bonds of around 0.25%. And I think what the market thought when they read that was that it wasn't going to include longer dated bonds. But once you move through the paragraph a little bit, what we saw was that they're actually be buying across the yield curve and that seemed to calm the market down. Overall, though, there hasn't been a lot of liquidity in the bond market at the moment and it just seemed to send everything flying. Yeah, it certainly uh, pays to read the fine print. It looks like a pretty wide ranging set of policies to me and I guess it'll take time for the markets to digest it all. But it looks as if it should help calm high-grade markets in particular and brings back some liquidity. Where do you think we're going to see the biggest benefits from the package? Yeah, so there's obviously a lot of places to look for the benefits. The, the most obvious place to look is obviously the front end of the Australian government bond curve. So the RBA has announced that they're going to be targeting 0.25% in the three-year bond yield. So for a benefit while three-year bond yields weren't actually much higher than that, they've been averaging about 40 points for the past few weeks. That's going to stay low for quite a long time now, sitting at that 0.25%. If we look a little bit wider than that, though, the RBA actually said that they're going to be purchasing government bonds, and that includes semi-government securities across the yield curve. So given that the three-year bond yield probably only has about 10 more points to fall before it hits that 25 basis points, it's really the long end that we start to look at here of what it could mean. So for example, the, the bonds that are longer in the government curve than 10 years are, are trading at about 2%. So there's actually a, a yield pickup there of almost 2%. So I think as the market calms, it's going to start to figure out that these long dated bonds is where it should be looking. Yeah, because historically, we've sort of seen 10-year bonds trade at a, a sort of a maximum range of about 100 basis points over cash. They're kind of double that at the moment. It does look like the long end um, certainly has some room to improve in yield, and that probably helps fixed income returns, you know, certainly maybe not immediately, but in, in the short term, would you think? Yeah, usually it seems like it takes the market a little bit of time to digest these types of things and then figure out what it's going to do next. So I would think that over the short term, maybe it, it remains sticking out at that kind of 2% spread to cash for a little while. But once the market calms down a little bit, that's when we'll see the buying. Importantly from the RBA, what they did say today in regards to the balance sheet was they're going to be focusing on 
the quantity that they need to buy rather than predetermining some size that they're going to target. So they actually had said that they're prepared to transact in whatever quantities are necessary to achieve this objective. So I think as long as the yield curve stays very steep, we can expect the RBA to be buying. And that means the pressures to sell off in that longer end should be reduced. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely right. I mean, with, with three-year bonds being anchored to 0.25%, uh, although Governor Lowe made a bit of a statement that he didn't expect them to be perfectly stuck on 0.25. So there is some room for the RBA to let that move around that you would imagine that most of the action is going to be happening out in the long end from now on. And that sort of, you know, should help some of the semi-government issuers. And it should also help the government to be able to fund its um, program of uh, slightly larger deficits um, over the next couple of years. Yeah, I think that point of the deficits is probably the important one to hit on as well. The government is probably going to want to issue long-dated bonds. The fiscal policy around the reaction to the coronavirus. Also, if you think the economy is slowing here, which I think it's pretty safe to assume, then the government could also have to increase its fiscal policy and continue issuing. So getting control of that long end and ensuring that they're not issuing bonds over 3% is going to be pretty important. And that means we're going to find out how committed they are to this objective. I guess that to go back to the market's reaction today, the reason that they were concerned is there's no real details on the amount that they're buying. They're just saying, trust us, we're going to buy a lot. Yeah, and I think that's that's the important thing is that there is no limit to it. So, you know, as you say, the many other central banks have said they'll only buy a certain amount, then they've had to keep coming back to market and do more and more. When things became more and more dislocated, the RBAs made a pretty broad statement that, you know, they'll support the market no matter what. And, and I think that's probably the biggest thing the market misread in the whole statement. So the, the other thing, just to, to double back on here, and importantly, that the central bank has also said that they'll be buying the semi-governments. So semi-government bond yields had been selling off faster than the Commonwealth government. That would have meant that the semi-governments would be funding themselves at high, even higher rates than the government. So it is also important to note that the RBA is saying that they'll be buying semi-government bonds. So as you said earlier, the high-grade spread market should start to see some support here because there didn't really seem to be any buyer in the past few days. And, and now we've got signs of a big one. I guess the, the biggest risk at the moment to our view is what happens in international markets. You know, we, we've seen similar sorts of things playing out across the globe. Every government is out there making fairly large fiscal commitments, which all need to be funded. And that's, you know, put a little bit of fear into uh, government bond markets globally. But I think the commitment, and in past, we've seen, you know, QE programs have been quite effective at keeping rates relatively good levels. Um, so you would imagine that once things start to settle down globally, that, you know, a lot of these policies will be quite good for markets and, and for growth in economies um, once we get through this crisis. I think that's definitely true. And I guess just to, to point out my one concern with what they've said here is that the market believes that 0.25% is the lower bound for the Australian cash rate. Now, if the world is going into a, a tough period ahead where there's potentially a global recession on the cards, then whether or not the RBA has cut enough to stave off the poor outcomes in the economy is what is important to me. And have they potentially put themselves into a bit of a corner by stopping at 0.25 or should they have left that open to go harder? Now, this is a much harder question to answer of what is the right level, and obviously not everybody likes negative rates, but I do feel like if we are going into a recession, then potentially we might need bigger policies to come later on. 
Yeah, I guess that sort of brings me on to the next part of the announcement, which is more a fiscal response rather than a monetary policy response. And that was the announcement that the RBA would provide um, three-year loans to the banking system to um, help support small and medium business. They've been pretty adamant that money is not to be used for mortgage lending. So not a lot of love for mortgage holders. Uh, I think we've also heard that the, the CBA hasn't reduced its um, variable mortgage rate at this stage, but they have moved some of their uh, fixed rate mortgages down. So it does look like they're trying to prevent mortgages and housing prices running up, but at the same time provide a, a decent package for uh, companies. Do you think that's going to help given what the government has also announced outside of this package? I think it certainly helps. It's more a question of, of timing and what the virus is going to mean for the economy going forward. I actually think that it's quite interesting what they've done. Quite a while ago, I was actually thinking that the Australian banking system lends disproportionately to the housing sector and there needs to be some incentives to make sure that businesses are the one that gets the credit rather than just pushing it into the housing sector. So to point out that policy that you just mentioned, the Reserve Bank will provide a three-year funding facility to banks at a fixed rate of 0.25% and they'll be able to attain initial funding of up to 3% of their outstanding credit. And then they're going to have access to additional funding if they increase lending to businesses. And they're going to have even more if that's to small and medium businesses, it could be as five times as large. So a lot of this says if the banks are willing to lend to businesses, they will be able to get cheap funding to do it. My biggest concern is just over the next three months as businesses shut down, what does it actually mean from a loan writing perspective? It's one thing to give out credit, but you need to be making sure that you're giving good credit. And so if things are in pain for three months, we might not see this policy pick up until a little bit longer. That's probably more of a wait and see the details type thing. But at, at looking at the policy, I think it's definitely a good one. Yeah, I mean, when you when you combine this with what the government's fiscal package is, um, and they've been fairly clear that they too will sort of do almost anything to uh, smooth things over for the next few months, there's certainly going to be a lot of um, money sloshing around in the system. And I think to your point, you know, a lot is going to depend on how long this crisis drags out for. Some of the things we've seen the last few days is that the data coming out of China and Wuhan in particular are starting to look reasonably okay. The number of cases there is as low as it's ever been since the crisis started. We're seeing some other good data coming out of other parts of Asia, such as Korea and um, Singapore. You know, given what we're seeing, though, in Europe and, you know, probably we're at the tail end of this whole process, when do you think markets are going to start to say, well, you know, it's, it's perhaps the Chinese and Asian um, experience is more realistic than some of the uh, worst case scenarios that we have heard from other people? So I think when we look at this, we need to look at both the pros and cons of what is going on at the moment. So if we look at the pros, that is definitely what you just brought up. The, the number of China cases has started to level out. I think today they just announced that for the first time since this started, Wuhan had actually announced no new cases and it's begun to level off at around the 80,000 mark for China. If we look at South Korea, similar experience where the number of new cases was starting to diminish. But if we do look at South Korea and China, they also seem to take a far more aggressive stance than the rest of the world in what they were doing. So as we know, China locked down a large part of Wuhan. If we look at South Korea, they tested over 200,000 people very quickly and seem to be able to get a handle on it. So all of that says if you are proactive and quick 
with how you deal with this crisis. Perhaps it lasts two to three months before it starts to run out of momentum. And that obviously is the pro. But when we look at the con of what is going on, the number of cases in Europe is rising very quickly and now is larger than China. Now, Europe obviously probably cannot take as drastic measures as some of the authoritarian uh, countries around the world, which means it'll probably spread a little bit wider and potentially a little bit longer. So when we look at this, I think the best case scenario is we say it kind of lasts two to three months and then we need to start adding on top of that based on the government's reaction to what is going on. When I look at that for Australia, we have about 400-ish cases now, a bit over And we are already starting to see relatively quick action from the government. So perhaps for us, it is shorter than potentially what happens in Europe, but it's still early days and there's definitely pros and cons in reading what could occur from here. Yeah, I think um, until we start to see some improvement in Italy and Spain and and some of those uh, peripheral European countries, um, you know, things are going to be quite volatile. The headlines are never good and and that seems to set markets off again. So I'd say, you know, from our perspective that this volatility probably continues for at least another month. So we're unlikely to see any massive improvements in markets until then. But, you know, if we take China as a guide, you know, there, there does seem to be light at the end of the tunnel And given the amount of stimulus that um, governments are pumping into the system, you would think that, you know, hopefully the world gets back onto track. Um, You know, data for the next few months is going to be pretty ordinary. There's no doubt. And you certainly can't hide from that. But, you know, I think you have to sort of look out a few months and sort of say, well, this is going to probably not be too bad um, at that time. There's probably two things that Uh, concerning me on my mind at the moment that we could see vulnerabilities come from. The first of those is that point that you said in Europe that it looks like it's spreading a little bit more aggressively and it could take longer there. Now, the big concern for me is that some of those European countries have tenuous government debt positions to begin with. So if they're looking to bail out whatever it is, corporate systems, banking systems, they probably don't have the same fiscal firepower that we would have in Australia. So they could very quickly come under pressure. And in fact, we're already starting to see Greek and Italian bond yields starting to rise pretty quickly. They were at very low levels, but it is a little bit concerning to see them starting to move because those would be the countries that I would think would become vulnerable to this. The second thing that is really starting to to weigh a little bit on my mind is just whether we have drawn the the wrong conclusion from the way China was able to react to this crisis. So if we look at China, I do think they can kind of tell everybody to go home for two months and then when they're ready to open things back up, they can say, right, everybody goes back to work and away we go. If we look at the response in Australia though, when I walk around downstairs at lunchtime, the restaurants are empty, entertainment is shutting down, hotels will be shut down. And in Australia, compared to China, I think we'll see job losses occur very quickly. So if we are thinking that job losses come far quicker, then our economic effect might actually be far more prolonged than what we saw in China, because they at least know when this is over, there's some light at the end of the tunnel that they go back to work. There'll be a lot of concerned Australians, I think, who lose their jobs from this and start to think, well, when's it going to finish? And what do I I need to do to get my life back on track once it comes back to. So those are the two things that are kind of sitting on my mind. Now, they're not the base case at the moment, but they're just areas where I could see this story picking up a bit of steam. 
Yeah, I mean, certainly you can see that's what the government's thinking. They're targeting their policies at those kinds of businesses. It's, you know, large businesses can generally weather a few months of low sales or or poor cash flow, but the small and medium-sized businesses are the ones that uh, don't have the buffers. They're generally um, the ones who also employ a large number of people. So governments are being very keen to target those areas. But yes, the effectiveness of that targeting is, is going to be tested over the next few months. So to wrap up today's discussion, we've seen the RBA cut interest rates to 0.25, a new historical low. We've seen them announce quantitative easing measures for the first time. And we've seen them basically come out to try and support bond markets in any way they can to improve liquidity. We think in the long run, this will help bring back some liquidity to the government bond markets. It should help peripheral bond markets, such as the semi-government bond market. And they've also announced several measures to help small business and medium-sized business through supporting the banking system. In our view, this is a fairly unprecedented policy, but we think it should have quite a good effect for markets um, and that it actually should help tide the economy over for the next few months as we work through the uh, virus situation. But the situation still remains very uncertain and um, we'll obviously see how things unfold over the next couple of weeks. Chris will be working on a short note of today's events to send out to clients. If you're not on our email list, you can email us at the rate debate at nicoam.com for a copy. Tune in next month uh, when we'll deliver on our uh, latest thoughts on the RBA's April rate decision and provide an update on what's going on in markets. Thanks for listening. This podcast was prepared by Nico AM Limited, ABN 9900337625256252, AFSL number 237563. It is of a general nature only and does not constitute personal advice or an offer of any financial product. It does not take into account the objectives financial situation or needs of any individual. Any references to particular securities or sectors are for illustrative purposes only and this is not a recommendation. Any economic or market forecasts are not guaranteed.